All right, here's a dealy, folks. <laughs> I this is this is the passion translation. This is like the coolest. It's just so cool that you can't even Google it right now. That's how cool it is. You can't find it online. It's so cool. Yeah, like, uh, so I'm gonna, we're gonna, tonight we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit. We're, we're starting a series for this month of September called The Goodness of God. So this whole month we're just gonna be talking about the goodness of God and, and just different aspects of, it, of God's love and different things like that. But tonight I want to talk about a, a message called Surprised by Mercy. Surprised by Mercy. Touch your neighbor and say, Surprised by Mercy. And then touch your other neighbor and say, Surprise! I'm excited. I am so excited. Can you guys just do me a favor and just practice laughing and just warm up your mouth? Who needs a joke? It makes me feel it makes me feel more comfortable when people are happy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Lord, we want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you for your goodness that's here with us tonight. And God, I, I, want to, I want to thank you for the joy of the Lord, the happiness of God. And, and Lord, we thank you that you're in a really good mood tonight, Lord. We, we don't have to be afraid of you because you like us. And, and <laughs> we, we just pray that your glory, your presence, your goodness would just fill this room in an increasing way. God, even as the, as the night progresses, that we would even sense more and more of your presence on us and in us. And God, we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. So if you have a Bible, I am going to look at Luke 15, and we're going to begin in verse 11, but it is going to be in the Passion Translation, so unless you actually have that, it's going to be a little different. It's similar to like, maybe like the Message or the New Living, the New Living, New Living Bible, but the Passion's better. It's, it is better. It is amazing. And, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, my heart for this series, we're, the whole month again, we're talking about the goodness of God. This is what I realized, is that not only does the world need to understand the goodness of God, but actually the church needs to understand the goodness of God. That so many of us are actually uh, have, a, have a weird view of God, and it's not necessarily anyone's fault or anything. I mean, I guess we could blame different, you know, life circumstances that we grow up with, or we could blame, you know, the way that our parents parented us, or the way that they didn't parent us, or we could blame, like, our, you know, social status, our economic status. We could blame a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, we all need a, a, an upgrade if we could say, in the revelation of the goodness of God. We all need an, a, an upgrade in it. Because sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of like he's gooder than we think. You, you know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. Man. Ah, that's in the dictionary. No, it's not. But like, <laughs> he's good. And But the reality is, is that he's every every level that we think he's good, he's actually better, you know? Yeah. And, and a scripture for that is Ephesians 3.20. It says that God is actually... He's, He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So every time we have a perception of how good God is, the reality is is that our limited brains cannot even fathom the goodness of God. So it's always like a, a huge, a huge measure higher than what we've presently been thinking about as goodness. You know, even some of us who have been around God for a while or 
We just have some, some really good theology. The reality is, is that the goodness of God is even better than what we think. It's just the way He is. And so, you know, even if you look into the Old Testament, it was singing about the goodness of God that brought the glory of God. This is the crazy part. That when you look into the Old Testament, you see, like, let's take, for example, you can write this reference down and look at it later. But in Second Chronicles chapter 5, the, the Second Chronicles chapter 5, they, there's this story about how Solomon builds this temple for God. And, he, and it's a beautiful, beautiful temple. I mean, the thing was worth millions of dollars if they, if they kind of took the estimate in our day. It's a beautiful, beautiful temple. But, but the Bible says that when they dedicated, they had a ceremony where they dedicated this temple to God. The priests were singing their songs. They were all in unison. They're, the trumpeters were playing this amazing thing. But the Bible tells us what they were singing. And they said, for he is good and his love, his mercy endures forever. This is what they would sing. This is the only lyrics we know that they were singing. They were singing about his goodness. And the Hebrew is the hesed, the, the, the steadfast love. They were singing about his goodness and the steadfast love of God that endures for how long? Forever. forever. Like not just like until you're good enough. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. It's just, his love endures forever. It was that song that God responded to. And the Bible says they brought his goodness in the place. And it says that a cloud, a literal cloud came and filled the room. And the priests could not do their work anymore because the glory of the Lord filled the temple. How many of you would like to be in a service like that? You know, yeah. like a literal cloud comes in the room. Like that would be amazing. Another time that this happened is in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And they're singing the same song. This is the King Jehoshaphat. was the king of Judah at the time. He, they, they had an army coming against them. They didn't know what to do. They said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And they prayed this prayer. And, 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 the, and the prophet spoke up and, and started giving them some direction. And so what Jehoshaphat did in Second Chronicles chapter 20, he says, here's what we're going to do. We listen to the prophets. We're going to succeed because we're following what the, Lord, the word of the Lord is. But he says, here we're going to do. I want you to send the, the praise and worship team out ahead of the army. So before our swords and shields, we want harps and singing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so they sent the army out. And guess what song they were singing? For he is good and his love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Everyone say goodness. goodness. And guess what happened? This is crazy. Before they could swing a sword, before their sword could hit a shield, before arrow could get into the enemy, the Bible said that as they began to sing and to praise, that the Bible said that God actually sent ambushments against the devil, not, or the enemy for us is the devil. They, they, start, they started setting ambushments against the enemy, and the Bible says that they defeated themselves. The enemy actually killed themselves. They fought each other. They, there was confusion, confusion in the enemy's camp, and they actually fought against each other, and all of them just got, they, they all died, and the battle was won before any, any of Israel's swords were ever swung. Is that crazy? And guess what the song was? It was the goodness of God and the mercy of God. That was their song. So there's something about knowing the goodness of God that, that actually brings the cloud of His presence where miracles happen. There's something about knowing the goodness of God that defeats the enemies before you even lift a finger. There's something about this revelation of goodness that actually brings freedom to you. And so here's the deal. Like, like we always go like, man, the world has got to know that God loves them. But the reality is that the message has got to hit our hearts first. It's got to touch us to go like, oh my gosh. God is actually really good. Like, it's not just yeah. like, you know, like some old song, you know, God is so good. You know, you're like, God is so good. He's so good to you. That's a good song. But sometimes we don't even know what we're singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And and we do we we sing it tonight. You are good, you good. Oh, I mean that song is so powerful. You know, it's yeah. like it, it's like every time you say you are good, it's like you're you're punching the devil in the face. You know, yeah. like it's just such a powerful declaration to say over our lives to know that God is good. It's actually His nature. It's His goodness. That's who He is. It's 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 His personality. He's just good in everything He does. The Bible actually says in, in Psalm 145 that God is loving towards all that He has made. This is, this is the goodness of God. And there's something about when we catch this for our own heart, you, you got to catch this. You, you know, I've been saying this, I, I preached this last night, and I, and I preached this on the, on the Sunday, but there's something so powerful about this. You actually become what you behold. You actually become what, you know, and, and so we say, like, let's go represent God. Well, you're going to represent the God that you believe in. Wow. And if your theology is correct... Then, and in good, then you'll actually represent a good God to everybody around you. But if we have little tweaks in the way that we think about God, then we'll actually represent a God that maybe is not a full picture of who God is. Now, here's the deal. We're all on a journey of discovering God. So it's not like, oh, I'm not perfect yet. I can't represent God. We're like, forget that. Like, throw that out of the trash. You know, that's not, that's not the reality. But our, our heart is this. Like Paul said, I'm pressing towards the goal. I'm, you know, I, I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm pressing on towards what's ahead. So I'm going like, listen, I've had some thoughts about you, God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that behind uh, in a sense that, that you're showing me even a greater uh, view of who you are. Mm-hmm. So that way, at the end of the day, this is for everybody, that we can all represent the goodness of God to the people around us. Mm-hmm. It's His goodness, the Bible says, that leads people to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Repentance is a change of mind. So when people start realizing that God is good, they'll actually start changing their mind of how they so think good. about Him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we get, we get the opportunity to help change people's minds by representing a God who is good. I like to say it like this, that he is a good God who's in a good mood and he's speaking good news and he gives good gifts to his children. Like, I mean, there's so many scriptures. It's like, it's just, it's all good. Touch your neighbor say, it's all good. It's all good. And if we're preaching something that's not good news, we should check the news that we, you know, that we're sharing. It's like, whoa. There's something about the goodness of God. It's his nature. That's why, that's why he, was, he was healing her back this, this night, because he, he's a good God. Yeah. And, and that's why he was ministering to you know, Molly's neck. It was Molly's neck that needed healing. And he's doing all these things because he's good, and he's showing his nature, and he's revealing himself. That's what that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit do. They're revealing actually the nature of God. And how many of all know that the world actually needs to know the true nature of God? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the reason the reason why sometimes they run from God is because they didn't know the nature of God. And this is this is what we get to experience when we read this story here. And so my we're we're in Luke fifteen eleven, and I want to say this that my goal for all of us is that all of us will go up a level in our revelation of the goodness of God. But for some of us for, for, for some of us, I, I want to invite you to taste and see that he's good. Some of us, this is a, this is a fresh thing for us. And then for, for some of us, this is, this is for us believers to get a revelation of who we are to re- represent in the world. Like we actually get to represent this God. And so this is, where, this is a, uh, Luke 15, beginning in verse 11. Uh, this is a story that Jesus told. He says, Jesus said, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? And, and so, basically, 
the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Basically, in that culture, it's basically saying, um, uh, it's like kind of saying, like, is it time for you to die yet so I can get the inheritance? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this, is a, this is what he's saying. This is like for real. Like, this dude really dishonored his dad by saying this. He was really disrespectful. Really, you know, the sense of entitlement, the sense of uh, disrespect, and all that was happening in this moment. So just imagine... Uh, the son's attitude, and then also imagine how that's impacting the father's heart. And this is what he says. So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. Isn't that crazy? I'm sure the father kind of had some ideas about what his son was about to do, but guess what? He gave it to him anyway. That's crazy. That's like generous God. Like, Verse 14, With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land. How many of y'all realize that there's, you'll always experience a famine in the land that you were never meant to be in? Wow. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to run away from you. And then watch as all the resources start dying away. And it's the grace of God to, to actually cause you to go to rock bottom so you can only turn back to him. Amen. That was a good word. So he begged, verse 15, a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to eat uh, even the slop given to the pigs. Because no one would feed him a thing. How many realize, like, as a Jewish person, that's like a double whammy of, like, like the lowest of the low. The Jewish people were not allowed to raise pigs. They weren't allowed to eat pigs. And so, I mean, even even us who aren't Jewish, like, we'd still, that we, we also know that that's, that's nasty. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's why your parents, when you were kids, were like, why does your room look like a pigsty? You know, it's like, because it's just a common metaphor for nasty. It's nasty. But for a Jewish person, it's double nasty. You know what I'm saying? It is double nasty. And then verse 17 humiliated the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare they lack nothing why am i here dying of hunger feeding these pigs and eating their slop i want to go back home to my father's house and i'll say to him father i was wrong i sinned against i sinned against you i'll never be worthy to be called your son please father just treat me like one of your employees Ooh. I mean, that's, like a, that's, a, that's a moment of realization. Yeah. And this is what it says in verse 20. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. Wow. Remember, remember though, remember what happened in the beginning of the story and how... The father must have felt when his son basically wished that he had already been dead. Remember, you know, remember this moment that this is a reality that happened to this father, yet this is how the father is reacting. From a long distance away, he saw, uh, his father saw him coming dressed as a beggar in great compassion. Everyone say compassion. compassion. Great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son 
said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And the father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. He's like, just let me be. And he's like, son, you're home. Oh, that's called being surprised by mercy. I thought that you were angry. You came to show me mercy, God. And turning to his servants, the father said, quick. Bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Come on, how many of y'all know he was dressed as a beggar? He was dirty, stinky, in a pigsty, smelled like pig doo-doo. You know what I'm saying? The homeboy was dirty. And he said, I want not just any robe. I want you to take my, my robe, the best robe that I have in my house, that Armani suit. You know what I'm saying? I want you to put it on my son. I'm saying this because you got to get a picture for what's happening here. We don't always understand what's actually happening here. But this, the father wasn't just giving him the cheap, you know, one that just comes in the hotel room that he jacked because he was too cheap to buy it himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't do that. That's not what the father's doing here. The father actually got the Armani suit, the best suit he could possibly give him, the best robe, and he put it on him. And he said, bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Because slaves wear no shoes, but sons wear shoes. This is what it was like in this day. And he says this in verse 23, Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he was found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Everyone say joy. Let's prepare a great feast. And one translation, it says, let's kill the fatted calf for him. How many of y'all realize that, you know, there's something that happens when we come back to God. It's based upon one sacrifice that happened. And this is a picture of what, you know, it's funny that when the son comes home, there was a sacrifice that was made. Did you catch that? It's the finished work of the cross that actually allows us entrance back into the daddy's house. And it's a beautiful thing. They said, let's have the fattened calf. And it's a beautiful thing because they started eating from it. How many of y'all realize Jesus said, eat, eat my flesh and drink my blood? He, he's basically painting a picture here of the finished work of the cross that we feed on what Jesus has done for us. It's sustenance for our spiritual lives. And he said, let's kill the, let's kill the fattened calf and let's have a great feast and celebrate. Now check this out. Verse 25. The older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. Be like, why are y'all dancing in church? It's right there. It's right there. Well, they were dancing on God's great dance floor. So he called over one of the servants and asked, hey, what's going on? In verse 27, the servant replied, oh, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. And the older son became angry. And he refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Dude, check this out. The father actually left the party. The father left the party to go talk to the the angry son. He said, come, enjoy the feast with us. Come on, come on in. And the son said, he said, father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? 
He gets back in his father's face. So remember, in the beginning of the story, it was the younger son that got in the father's face. And now the tables have turned. And now the older brother is getting in his father's face. And he says, I have never once disobeyed you. But you never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. Look, he didn't even say my brother. He said, this is your son. He said, he comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. I mean, I know, I'm not sure how he, how he knew that. He might even just be throwing him under the bus. You know, like, who knows? We don't know. The Bible didn't tell us he was wasting it on prostitutes or not. But, his, but, the, but the brother, he was so angry. He just, he just oh, throwing him under the bus, hardcore. He said, he's wasting your wealth on prostitutes, prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. He's angry. And I love this. The father said, My son, you are always with me by my side. Come on, how many of y'all realize this is a moment for the father to get back up in his face? Yeah. You ever had those moments? You're like, the father would be like, Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? How about that time I changed your diaper? How about that time I fed you food? How about, you know, oh, you could go through the whole list. You know what I'm saying? How about that time when you were falling, you were learning how to walk and you kept falling on the, you know, and I help you, you know. I'm not, I'm not, this is just revelation, but I'm not I'm speaking from no experience right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He could have went through a list and said, oh, really? How about that time I helped you do this? Oh, really? How about this? And he says, wait, 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 son, you're always with me and you're by my side. And he says, everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours, look at, he said, the brother of yours. Remember, he said, this son of yours. He said, no, this brother of yours. <laughs> he said, this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. And the father, he's excited. He was lost, but now he is found. And I think at that moment, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I think at that moment, the, 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 the father went back into the party. He's like, I don't know what you want to do. I'm, I, I'm out here. I want you to come, but... We got to celebrate because your brother was lost and now he's found he was dead, but he's alive. This is amazing. Yes. And how many all know that this is, this is the picture of God? There was one brother who was surprised by mercy, but then there was another brother who was offended by mercy. Wow. <laughs> Did you see that? And I feel like sometimes we can be in one of those groups. I feel like sometimes we can actually kind of uh, oscillate between the two. <laughs> Sometimes I'm surprised by mercy because God's touching me. But then when it happens for somebody else, we're offended by it. Because we thought for some reason we were entitled to the mercy that God gave us. And then someone else gets blessed and they, and they should be celebrated. And we're like, I ain't celebrating that for you. You know, he called me. You know, you know what he said about me? We're like, he didn't deserve that. I've been serving faithfully for like two months. No, <laughs> I'll play. Sometimes we get weird. Entitlement, it's, it makes your brain think weird things. You're like, I have been serving God for like six months. Shouldn't I be highly exalted now and the world should know my name? You know, you're like, uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> the very fact you're saying that, it says no. <laughs> but the thing is, sometimes we can be surprised by the mercy. We're like, oh, God. You welcomed me home, and we're like the, the younger son, and, and, and we're like, ah, oh, he gave me his robe of righteousness. He covered my filthy rags and, and, and all the junk that I had in my life. He, he gave me his robe of righteousness. He's forgiven me of my sins. Thank you, God. 
oh, the, the bliss of forgiveness. Oh, the bliss of having our sins washed away and having a, a, a guilty conscience cleansed. We're like, ah, oh, thank you, Lord. And then he gives us the ring, the, 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 the signet ring. Basically, it, it gave him authority to, to, to go out into the town and have the same authority of the, of the father. Because when they saw the ring, they, they saw the father. And they go like, oh, okay, you're good. You can do this thing, whatever the thing is. How many of you realize Jesus gave us his authority? That's why we can pray for the sick and cast out demons and... And love people and, and represent God because we have the authority on us. Yeah. You know, I, I've shared this story before, but I've, I've been in places where I walk by and, and demonize people like yell at me and stuff. But the reason why is because they see the authority, you know, they, they're like, I hate you. And I'm like, bro, I've never seen you in my life. How you hate me? You know what I mean? But the demons inside him didn't like me. You know what I'm saying? Because there's an authority on our life. This is what God gives us. I mean, I don't know when, when somebody's a, a follower of Christ, committed to God, you have authority on your life. And that means the devil trembles whenever you come around. Come on. You know what I'm saying? This is what happens. And, and you are a threat to darkness. And so it's amazing. So this son, who you would think, I mean, normal people would be like, dude, out of all the people, you're giving him authority? Like, why are you giving this guy authority? But it's the goodness of God. He was surprised by mercy. Yeah. Everyone say, surprise! Surprise! <laughs> He's surprised by mercy. And he not only got his sins forgiven with the robe back on, he got the authority, all the authority that the father had, the son now had, which is a lot. And then he got the sandals on his feet because the, the father wouldn't receive him back as a slave. He wouldn't, he's like, I'm not going to, you're not an employee. There's no way that in my heart I could justify having you as my employee. You are my son. You get benefits that not everybody else gets. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, it's the difference between, you know, being uh, just an employee at a factory and then like your dad owns a factory. You know what I mean? You get to go into the secret part, you know, compartments. You get all the, the blessings and benefits. You're like, how did you get in there? Because I got a good dad, you know, and he gives you the back door, you know, all this stuff. You, it, it's the blessing. And God's like, I'm not going to receive you back as an employee. You, you are a son. Or you're a daughter. I, you're in the fam. You're, you get everything. And so this son was surprised by mercy. But, and it's such an amazing, amazing thing to have that. But, but sometimes we flip over to the other side. And we, we, we were like, oh, I already came home. I got this. And then all of a sudden, you see someone else coming in. And you're like... The, the, your sonship is tested. Your, your revelation of God's goodness is tested because now you have to go like, wait, it's not about me anymore. Because that party was all for me. Like, I remember when they were singing and dancing and celebrating that I came home. Like, this feels good. And then all of a sudden, the party's for somebody else. Like, what about me? Like, does that take away from me? You get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes when we see someone else succeeding... For some reason, I don't know if this happens for you, but sometimes we see someone else succeeding, someone else getting blessed, someone else, uh, you know, getting promoted and all this stuff, and we all of a sudden go like, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. does that take away from mine? Like, because when they're doing good, like, does that make me look bad because now they're the celebrated one? You guys with me on this? And now we're not surprised by mercy, now we're offended by mercy. <laughs> I'm like, but wait, what else? Let's talk about me again. It's my favorite subject. Oh, man. <laughs> and we're like waiting for the prophet to come through and call us out again. You know, you're waiting for the next person to give us a word. We're waiting for the next thing to happen. We're like, we're like, man, there was a season where I got prophesied all the time. Everyone coming through. And now it's, 
Now it's, you know, whoever the person is. Now they're the lucky favorite son, you know. Oh, you're the favorite. And now I'm offended by mercy because now you're the cool person. I'm like, what the heck, man? Why is God like you more than me? Why are they celebrating you more than me? I thought I was a good, I thought I was the favorite kid, you know. Like, I thought I was the one that everyone liked. And then all of a sudden, you're, the, the favor is on somebody for another season. It's just shifted. And now you're like, wait a second. And we get offended by mercy. But how many of y'all realize that, that we, have to, we have to realize that the goodness of God is, is level playing ground. It's, it's for the one who's being celebrated, and it's the one who's not you know, visibly being celebrated either. It's just even all around the board. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. And so here's the deal, man. I, I want us to, to realize that we have to defeat jealousy in our lives. Yeah, we have to kill this thing of jealousy. It's, it's, it's one thing to experience God's goodness for ourselves and then revel in it, but it's another, another thing to see your brother experience it. But that's an equally, uh, it's, a, it's an equal part of the story here. And how many of y'all realize both of the brothers needed to experience the mercy? Wow. Both of the brothers needed to be experiencing the goodness of God. And I, and I just feel like defeating this jealousy in our hearts. And sometimes that's what we, you know, we call it the orphan mentality. Sometimes what we think when someone else is getting celebrated above us, we think that it's taking away from us. But in reality, it's an opportunity for us to celebrate someone else. And in the celebrating of someone else, there's actually an experience of another side of God's goodness that you never would experience. Because when the party's all about you, that's a side of God's goodness. But when the party moves to somebody else's success, you get to experience the heart of the Father on the other side. And be like, oh my gosh, I get to celebrate someone else getting exalted. This is what you feel, Dad? This is what you feel? Oh, have you ever had those moments where you're like so in awe and wonder of what God is doing in someone else's life that you actually start tearing up? Because it's like, oh, my heart is so connected to this person and they're finally getting lifted up. They're finally getting celebrated. Oh, it's the time. It's the season. And you're like, yes, you're shouting success. You're like, yes, I've been waiting for this moment because your heart is, has, has gone through the trial and the testing of jealousy and envy. And, and instead of killing your competition, you're, you're blessing it. Come on. You know, that's what, when jealousy goes too far, it ends up killing its competition. That's why Jesus got killed by the Pharisees. The Bible says they were envious. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it was his own brothers that, that threw him under the bus and sold him out. It was his own brothers. The same thing that happened to Joseph. Just type and shout. Joseph's brothers were the very ones who sold him into slavery. It's the same thing that happened to Joseph. It's the same thing that happened to Jesus. And they did it because of envy and jealousy. Sometimes we can be surprised by mercy. Sometimes we'll be offended by mercy. But it's the goodness of God that's the level playing field. And it allows us to go, oh, this is your heart, God. This is your heart for people. And this is what we actually get to be transformed into. It's such an important part of the story. And the one, uh, the one who ran away was surprised by mercy, but the one who stayed was offended by mercy. And you can see in the different speeches that they had, that they, they had different viewpoints of God, but both sons needed to come into a realization of the goodness of God. And it's the, and it's the father who throws a party for the failure one, the failure son, if we want to call him that, it was the father who welcomed the sinner home as a son. And it was the father who had patience and grace on the angry 
and, and jealous brother. And here's the deal. For us, I really feel like, you know, I've made it a, a, a personal goal of mine to prophesy over somebody, at least, at least one person, not in the church, but over someone else outside of the church every single day. Like every single day, I made it a personal goal to prophesy over somebody. So whether I'm being encouraging or, you know, it, it, and, and it just ends up turning into a prophecy, like it kind of happened today. We were like hanging out on campus and, and you know, uh, there was this dude who was like, I don't know, like, like right there and we were standing here. And this dude was like by himself with beats on his phone. And he was just practicing rapping. It was the sickest thing ever. And he's like, he was just, he was, he was ripping it up, dude. I was sitting there listening. I'm like. Dude, this guy's actually really good. Like, and so I just walked over to him. I'm like, bro, dude, you're tearing it up, man. What's your name, dude? And, and, I, and we started talking and stuff. And, 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 I, and I just I started out as just regular encouragement. And then it turned into prophecy. I started just sharing some things that I felt like I was seeing over his life. But this is the point. This is part of showing the goodness of God. Be like, how do I represent the goodness of God? Here's one practical way that you can represent this goodness of God towards the people who are around you. And, and we can be, be, we call it supernatural encouragement. We can, we can go into places and we can supernaturally encourage people. Sometimes it starts, I was at Panda Express getting dinner the other night. And this happens to me sometimes where when I see somebody who reminds me of somebody else, it's because it's a word for them. And so, like, I, the guy that was behind the counter reminded me of this other guy that I know. And a lot of the times, the characteristics in the other guy are things that are happening in this dude's life. Yeah. And sure enough, I started asking him questions. And almost everything I said was happening in his life, except for, like, one thing. And I'm like, bro, here's what I want to encourage you on. Da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, I feel that, man. I feel that. It's so funny how different people respond. I feel that, man. And he's like, yeah, dude. And he's like, you know, pounded, bro. You know, it was this whole thing. And like, he's a student at Palomar and this whole thing. But I just love this because th- this, is, this is, you start feeling the heart of God for people. You start realizing when you're celebrating what God's doing in other people's lives, you actually get filled up yourself. There's something about serving that you actually get more than you're giving. Yeah, when you're celebrating other people, you actually get back more than you actually gave. It's a, it's a wild thing in the kingdom that, that you, when you pour out, you get back. And if we learn to celebrate the goodness of God, not only in our own lives, but in other people's lives, we will start seeing and experiencing the heart of the Father in ways that we never experienced before. I want to encourage you tonight. Here is the deal. I just shared this story. It's a simple, simple message. But I want you to see this. And, and I want us to realize that sometimes that the love of God, the goodness of God is, is, is actually way beyond what we would do in a situation. Mm-hmm. The father had all the opportunity to, to throw down some serious rebukes on, these, on both of these kids. Yeah. He had the opportunity to lay the smack wow. down on these kids. How many of y'all have had opportunity where your friends come up to you and you want to lay the smack down on these fools because they are just doing some <laughs> stupid things? <laughs> and how many have an opportunity for relationships or, you know, uh, friendships or, you know, roommates, whatever the thing is, or even just people on campus, and they do things that just bug the crap out of you. Can I say that? I don't know how I said it. And they're doing all these things, and, and they could... Feel like it's the most simplest of situations, but you can actually be a conduit to surprise people with mercy. That's good. You can actually be the person to actually surprise other people with mercy. And we can we can be like the father who actually he probably was hurt in his heart a little bit. I, I would I wouldn't put it past this that there's probably a, a handful of us that have been hurt pretty significantly by some important people in our lives. This this father was pretty hurt by his son. I mean 
if you're saying stuff like pretty much I wish you were dead so I can get your inheritance like that's like stabbing you in the heart if you're a dad I could never imagine Hunter saying that to me I'd be like like one little tear squeezes out like oh like sure son here's the key you know like it would be like it'd be the craziest moment but this is this is what God's actually calling us to that in our opportunities of offense, they can actually switch on to opportunities to represent the goodness of God. Yeah. And the opportunities where people have literally hurt us, like important people in our lives have literally hurt our hearts. Like it, it wasn't just like they said something. It, like they literally hurt our hearts. You have the opportunity to actually take a little slice of humble pie. Humble pie. Give them... Give him some love. Give him a blessing. You know, he had the moment right there, like, you don't deserve none of it. I'm like, you ain't getting nothing. You know, like, here's, here's the change in my ashtray. You know, like, you could have done that. Because some of us, that's kind of what we do sometimes. You're like, but like, we're, you know, on a real practical level, we're like, oh, there's, that service was bad. I'm not giving them 20%. I'm giving them $2. You know, like, on a $50 bill. You know, and all that. And you're like, that's, you know, like, some, actually, this is what I, I purposely tip even better when people give me bad service. Yeah. Wow. Because number one, I'm a representative of the goodness of God. But number two, they probably need grace more than anything in that moment. Yeah. They probably had a rough day and they probably need someone to represent the goodness of God and be like the Father instead of scold them, welcome them, and love on them. Wow. I bless them 20, 30, 50% sometimes just because I'm like, dude, more than anybody, you need a blessing more than, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and all the servers said, Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, on a real practical level, we're coming to a close. Listen, on a really, really practical level, this is something we have to embrace in every day of our life. Yeah. You with me on this? Like some, some students came over and they started getting crazy, you know, like this guy dude, he was like he was like, So you're trying to say that if I don't believe in Jesus, I'm going to hell? I'm like, Well, yeah, dude. He's like, it's like <laughs> Because his attitude was coming at me, and I started getting attitude back. <laughs> Which, hello, not the goodness of God message. And I started realizing, like, oh, okay. Because I could tell, like, there was some, he was carrying some friends with him. And I'm like, dude, I don't, like, I'm not going to put up with this, you know? So I started kind of going back. He's like, he's like, well, what, what happens to the people who go to hell? And I'm like, well, too bad for them. He's like, is that what you're going to say? Just too bad for them. And he was like, he was trying to argue me and fight with me and this whole thing. And I started realizing, like, probably not the best way to represent the goodness of God. You know what I'm saying? But these dudes were drunk and kind of starting to trying to start a fight and so I was I started to kind of almost taking on that thing. You know, sometimes we can react to the spirit that they're coming with and start taking on the characteristic of the thing that they're coming at us with, which is why arguments actually exist because defensive communication always breeds more defensive communication. But like, well, you said this, well, you said this, and it just turns into a war. But how many of y'all realize it takes someone to stop submitting to that spirit and actually submit to the goodness of God to change the argument and be like, oh, it's not an argument anymore. I love you. Hug me. You know, like, <laughs> but that takes like what the father did and to, to eat a piece of humble pie and take the blow. <laughs> That's, that's hard sometimes. Yeah. I'm just going to take the blow. There's people, you know, you, know, you don't even you know, realize, you know, working at a church, you get all kinds of people. You deal with all kinds of betrayal. You deal with all kinds of rejection. You get people coming and going, people talking trash about the church, people talking trash about, oh, the way they do these things and all this kind of stuff. I've heard it, I mean, so many different ways, you know. <laughs> I say it. As, as people who are in ministry, you hear people badmouth the church 
a lot. We get emails sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get, this dude actually used to email Pastor Daniel in, like, after every Sunday and tell him what was wrong with his sermon. Like, I'm, and I'm telling you, like, for real, he used to email Pastor Daniel and tell him what was wrong with his sermon, what he liked about it, what he did not like about it. And he would, it was just rude, you know? But this is what you have to deal with. Some people don't realize what ministers have to deal with behind the scenes sometimes. But the reality is we have to, you know, we have to represent the goodness of God still. So we just, what do we do? Pastor, oh, I'll just grace them, you know, just love them. And I'm like, but God. And you get emails, you get messages, you get people all offended about everything. And you just have to be like, hey, what did dad do in the story here? <laughs> the, the son, right, grossly offended him, like really hard and hurt his heart. And, and he, you know, he comes home all nasty and dirty, stinking like sin, Right. But what did the father do? Yeah. Oh, come here. Give me a hug. And sometimes, sometimes it's so crazy that it's so important to show grace because you never know when they're going to be in a need, needful situation. They're probably going to need it. They're going to be like, man, who, who showed me grace? Who can I run to in my time of need? And you could actually be the person that they run back to because you showed them grace. And there are times of failure. You could actually be the, the but like, oh, I got to go back to Summit. Because all I remember from these guys is they kept showing me goodness. I've run away like 18 times. But for some reason, I keep running. I, every time I feel like I need something from God, I know I can go to these people. Because every time I, every time I come back, I keep experiencing hugs. I get a little, I get rebuked too. That's cool. Because I like that. <laughs> I get some correction. Because that's what good dads do. Amen. Amen. I can come back because they're always showing me mercy. Are you guys catching the heart of what I'm trying to say tonight? And I just feel like for us, some of it is just, hey, experience that for yourself because that's who God is for you as an individual. But for some of us, this is is what we get to experience. I want to encourage you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you when you're in these situations. I guarantee you we come against these situations, up against these every day. Every day you have an opportunity to partner with that spirit that's just eh, ugly. You can get the spirit of ugly on you and start getting mean. Or you can partner with the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is actually goodness. Yeah. It's goodness. And we can actually partner with goodness. And, and be good to people who've harmed us. And actually celebrate other people. All this kind of thing. There's so much in this story. And I just, I just feel like to encourage us tonight about the goodness of God. To represent a father who throws parties for sinners. To represent a father who hugs people. That's why we went over to the, to the, the homosexual community over at the USU last semester and played a song for them and, sh- and apologized to them about the preacher who was preaching against them. That's why we went there, because we want to represent the goodness of God. <coughs> that's, that's why we'll hang out with Muslims, you know, and, and, and share the goodness of God with them. That's why we'll hang out with the people who labeled the party people and know, you know, oh, the church people, oh, they don't like me. And like, no, no, we love you. Like, let's, let's party together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I may not be drinking what you're drinking, but I got better stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got the new wine, you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, we're just gonna maybe maybe just play a little bit of something in the background, and we're gonna, or I think Taylor's just gonna play. I just want to pray for us tonight, and I just I just want to let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, speak to us about this. I I really feel like this is something that needs to just sit in our heart. I actually had a message about evangelism and this whole thing, and I'm like, actually, we need to talk about something. We need to talk about the goodness of God. Just bow your heads for a second and let's just focus. I just want to pray. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the goodness of God.
Lord, I want to thank you for the Father's heart and for the Father's love. And I think even some of us to be surprised by mercy tonight. That there's actually forgiveness for your sins tonight. There's actually grace and there's goodness. There's actually, it's like, it's like what I was talking about. Like God's not trying to like shaft you on the tip. Like he just wants to bless you really good. Even if your service was bad. <laughs> and some of us, it's true. Like our service hasn't been that good. We've actually been messing up or whatever the thing is. But the grace of God is here tonight. The mercy of God is actually here for you tonight. He wants to forgive you. He wants to, to put a robe of righteousness on you. He wants to hug you. And just embrace you tonight. Some of the reason why the older brother couldn't celebrate with him is because he needed a revelation of the goodness. And some of us may be actually in that place tonight where... We've been working, 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 working and wondering why God's not celebrating us. But it's time to change what's going on in our heart and just rest in the fact that God loves you the way you are. And just like you're seated in the chair tonight, there's something about faith and resting that is just like being seated because you're counting on the chair to hold you up. And that's what the love of God does for you. You're counting on his love to hold you up. You're counting on his goodness to keep you going. And so here's what I want to do. With just your heads bowed in this place tonight, I just want to give a moment like, to pray with you guys tonight. I just feel this. like, If there's someone in the room, like, that, there's some people in the room that just feel like, you know what, I actually need the forgiveness of God tonight. Like, I, I want to I create an opportunity for that. Like, The Lord is here and he's good. And he's, and he's not going to reject you. I feel like some of us have kind of walked with that thing where we feel like, like God is just going to reject me because I've messed up too far. But the truth, just hear the truth tonight. That the Lord actually accepts you just as you are and gives you his gift of forgiveness. He gives you his gift of forgiveness. And I feel like some of us even came in the room like, like ah, I just kind of feel his weight on me, you know, like, ah. Uh, but the forgiveness of God is here tonight. And just, if that's you, I don't want, I just, I don't want anyone really looking around, but I, if that's you, I want you just to put your hand up and say, I need the forgiveness of God tonight. And I want to pray with you guys tonight. I see you there. Anyone else? She's like, I need the forgiveness of God tonight. I know my service hasn't been the best, but I, I, I see you back there. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else just want to say, yeah, I, I need God's forgiveness tonight. I need that. Just a little bit more. We'll just wait just a second more. It's, the, it's His mercy. Anyone else just want to say, you know what? I need God's forgiveness for all the things and I don't even want to talk about, but God, yeah, see you there. Thank you, Jesus. Just about 15 more seconds. It's the mercy of God. He's coming to you. It's such a beautiful thing. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. I see you over there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, just one more shot. You're saying, you know what? I want to receive God's forgiveness tonight. I need Jesus to forgive me. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just everyone, just all around the room, just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you now. I come to you now. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Wash me clean. And make me brand new. Make me brand new. I receive forgiveness today. I receive forgiveness. And I receive a brand new start. I receive a brand new start. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for accepting me. Just as I am. Just as I am. Now, Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit. Come and fill me up. Come and fill me up. And empower me. And empower me. To live this life. To live this life. And to be your witness. To be your witness. And testify. To testify. About your goodness. Of your goodness. I just pray, God, that, just thank you for that, that sense of mercy just coming over us right now, a sense of goodness. Oh, I thank you for it, Lord. Oh, I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for the goodness and the kindness. Lord, I pray that even right now you begin to speak to us. Right in our specific place of need, like right in that area, I pray that you begin to give us visions. I pray that you begin to give us uh, words that you're going to speak to us. God, right now, right in our specific moment of need, right now, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for the spirit of revelation being loosed all over this, all over this room. God, that you release revelation of your goodness. Just speak to us right now, God. Show us another aspect of your goodness. Lord, I thank you, God, that as we behold you, we become like you. And God, we want to represent your goodness to the world around us. God, I thank you for using us with the gift of prophecy, the gifts of healings. God, the words of knowledge to flow, God, in our workplace, to flow in the, in the marketplace, in the, in the grocery stores, in the gas stations, God, in the restaurants, all over the place, that we could represent your goodness everywhere we go. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would remind us of your goodness. Lord, I ask you that you would stir us up, Lord God, that in those moments of, of testing, in those moments of like we have an option to get offended or to go with goodness, God, I pray that we would choose goodness every time, that we would choose grace every single time. And Lord, I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, that we would, that our hearts would be saturated with goodness. Ah. Oh. It's your goodness that brought the glory in the Old Testament. It was your goodness that defeated the enemy in the Old Testament. And we thank you. It's your goodness that will do the same in our lives today. Oh, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just say this with me. Say, Father God, we thank you for your goodness and for revelation of your goodness. Take us to another level. Take us to another level. So we can represent you well on the earth. So we can represent you well on the earth. In our family. In our family. Our relationships. Our relationships. Our friendships. Our friendships. And everywhere we go. And everywhere that we go. I say, I am a conduit of God's goodness. I am a conduit of God's goodness. God's goodness is flowing to me. God's goodness is flowing to me. And through me. And through me. To the world around me. To the world around me. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's just stand together as we close tonight.
<laughs> Just put a hand on the person next to you. And I want you to pray that God uses them to show His goodness and show off that goodness to the world around them. Just take uh, like 60 seconds. Just pray for that person next to you. Come on. <laughs>